It is another episode of the Winkly, the final Winkly of the week. I'm your managing editor, Nick Hausman, and I'm joined here as I am every Thursday by my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, indeed. Uh, well, we got a good show for you guys today. We got a great show for you guys today to wrap up the week. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to have an interview. Our good friend, Andy Malnoski, who is out in the field over the weekend. We released an interview he did with Brian Pillman Jr. yesterday. We're going to let him wrap up the week here today. He's got former ECW uh, referee and Ring of Honor alumni, H.C. Locke. He's going to be our guest here uh, for the final Winkly of the week. Uh, of course, if you were listening earlier in the week, we did have Pillman Jr. We had Josh Barnett on Tuesday. And I got a big interview to kick off next week's uh, series of Winklies. So I'll tease that again at the end of the show. But a big week, great content. Thank you, Andy, for going out in the field and, and bringing that back to us here today. It's going to be a great time after the news to, to get to hear from H.C. Locke. But, Justin, I got uh, an early screening. I got to go to an early screening of Fighting with My Family last night. Have you seen this movie yet? I have not. I had the op- I had the invite for screening here in Pittsburgh about two weeks ago. Unfortunately, I did not get to um, – I didn't get, to, didn't get to take it, didn't get to uh, see it, so I missed out. So I'm very, I'm very curious to your opinion, and, and just by the um, – just by the amount of, I, I'm assuming it's probably running in, in, in the Chicago market to you, the amount of promotion I'm seeing everywhere on, on you know, commercials and everything is just insane. It's like a political campaign, dude. I feel like they're going to start cold calling me, right? I mean, right no, different. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's not just, I mean, it's not running during, obviously, just, you know, WWE programming. I mean, it's running across the board, across the different major networks um at all different times i mean it's i mean they are full core press with promotion here yeah well the tickets i got were through uh 101 wkqx uh which is a radio station here in chicago and it was kind of like a private screening the, the theater was only maybe a third full um and we all got swag we got fighting with my family cups and towels they did trivia games with us to start um it was you know they're obviously putting a lot of effort into this i liked the movie a lot i thought it was very good I suggest everyone go see it. You're going to like it. I, I promise you that. My biggest takeaway from fighting with my family was that it was like the movie. Remember the movie The Wrestler, right? With Mickey yes. Rourke? This is like the opposite of that, right? <laughs> like, this is a WWE Studios produced movie. It is a very, I, I don't know if I want to say sanitized or cleaned up, but it is a very friendly, ver- it's a very friendly look at WWE and professional wrestling. It does not have. A lot of the same stuff you would see in the movie The Wrestler, if that makes sense. So you mean nobody's snorting cocaine in the bathroom and 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 and, and <laughs> none of that none of that is in this film. No strippers, no steroids. Although there is a stripper joke, I think at one point, but no no actual strippers. I mean, it's a story about a girl chasing her dreams, and it is a movie that you can take your kids to. Uh, there are a couple adult jokes in it. There's a uh, you know some funny stuff like that. I mean, it's it, if no matter your age, you will probably enjoy this film. But it, it, when I'm walking away from it, comparing that back to the other major pro wrestling movie I can think of, The Wrestler, very sanitized look at WWE in the world of professional wrestling uh, is, uh, is you know, and it's fine. It's a fun family film. It's very enjoyable, you know. It's rated PG-13, isn't it? It is, I think. Um, and it's uh, I, would def- I would definitely recommend going back. I did an interview with Vic Sharma, who's the composer for this movie, a couple of weeks ago here on The Winkley. If you want to go find that interview and listen to it, I think it actually makes the movie more enjoyable because, like, the music choices they make the movie are really good, sets the tone well. Uh, Vic said a couple things to me in that interview about what they were trying to accomplish with the score for this movie, and I can, I could, I could literally hear and feel exactly what he was describing about what he was trying to do with the composition for this movie as it was going along. A lot of hard rock music, 
uh, it was it was enjoyable. I liked it a lot. So, all right, I will have a written uh, review of fighting with my family up on the site later today. But let's get to the news. Uh, yesterday was uh, the latest set of NXT tapings down in Florida. We're not going to give away all the spoilers, but a couple things did leak out of the tapings that are just common knowledge now. First things first, the Velveteen Dream captured the NXT North American Championship, taking the title from Johnny Gargano. I would guess that they would see these NXT debuts as a success, and these guys are going to be spending more time on the Raw SmackDown brands if, if Dream is, is dropping the title, or Dream is capturing the title here from Gargano. Yeah, that's what logic would tell you, right, is um, is if Gargano, that doesn't mean that Gargano is going to be, you know, not existent around NXT, but um, if he's obviously going to be also splitting time between Monday and Tuesday TV, and just by the uh, the word we used yesterday, the erratic nature that WWE uh, or we should just say Vince McMahon seems to be making decisions about personnel, um, probably for Triple H's benefit. And obviously, I'm sure he's the one that made the call to go ahead and um, have Dream take this title from Gargano. Triple H probably figuring, okay, look, there's a lot of chaos, again, chaos, erraticness going on here. Yeah. Um, just to protect the, just so this title doesn't get harmed to protect it. And and Dream's obviously a great choice. It's not like uh, it's not like he's being rushed into a spot. That he's not ready for uh, so it, um, it makes a lot of sense from a booking mentality if you're triple h man uh it's it's so bizarre to hear you be like yeah, he fears for what this title how this title could be treated on the main roster so he got it off that guy as quickly as possible to protect his reputation right if we if we keep the title on johnny well who knows what vince will do to him in that title on monday night raw we got to get this thing on somebody else uh well, yeah well and again just you know uh again just if there's any you know, I'm sure again. I'm sure Johnny's gonna be involved in NXT, but if there's any if there's any concern about um, burning him out and maybe needing to give him a few more TV tapings off that he would have had, you know, again, you just don't want the title to be harmed. So if you know that you can control it by, you know, Triple H still being the full person in control of Velveteen Dream for the time being, <laughs> who knows when? You know, who knows? Two weeks from now, Dream could be up there. Who knows? Um, yeah, it, it just makes total sense. It is. I mean, the rapid, the rapid upward, the rapid upward swing of NXT talent to the main roster has been, uh, it's been pretty quick as of late. Um, but dream, obviously a deserving champion, very much beloved by the, the wrestling fans in NXT, uh, Ted does a great job of keeping people talking about him. He doesn't mind a court controversy, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, I could see him being a great champion, great North American champion, great, great, great next title holder. Um, we also had Sasha Banks and Bayley showing up in NXT last night. They brought with them the women's tag team titles. Uh, they did a promo. Uh, I guess it'll air here um, pretty soon um, where they talked about returning and all that. But now the Observer is saying that there's talk of doing a four-way match, four-way tag match at WrestleMania where they would defend the titles against a Raw team, a SmackDown team, and possibly an NXT team. Um so, you know, it's not it's not a guaranteed thing or anything like that, but definitely another sign, I think, that they're going to be used to help kind of get folks used to talent floating between brands, which I think is something we're going to be seeing a lot more of here in the foreseeable future. Which I'm all in favor of. I'm, I'm all in favor. I, 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 I try to, and I'm not perfect at it, I try to, <clears throat> I try to avoid using the term being called up, uh, going down. I, I'd rather just be moving over, moving around. I mean, I, again, I, I think we are... Past the point. Again, we are past the point. If you're if you're at the performance center, if you're at the if you're doing just the Key Largo, Florida type loop of house shows for NXT, yes, you're in quote unquote developmental. But I think at the, I mean at this point, I mean look, you know, the top tier of NXT is able to sell out the same buildings 
that Raw and SmackDown are selling out on the big weekends. I mean, so it just it just it it, it, it just looks good to treat it all equal and not uh, oh we're gonna send these guys down or these girls down to to help this brand. No, it isn't. There's no up and down. It is all just now uh, equal playing field. Now the money's not equal completely. That's that's a whole separate issue. But um, yeah, I, I like this. I like I like this move with, with having Bailey and Sasha show up there. It, and it definitely feels like they're shining the NXT brand up for something. You know, I don't know if they're using it as some kind of negotiating chip or something like that for conversations they're having right now. I don't know if this is a reaction to AEW where they're like, we got to put more focus on NXT. I don't know if they're going to maybe be trying to launch NXT as its own show, maybe on FS1 or something like that. But I definitely get the vibe they're shining NXT up for something. I can't quite put my finger on it yet, yo. You know? Well, it's, you know, it's probably NXT. It probably is a more um, fair, you know, the, the NXT audience is probably a more fair judge to, you know, as, okay, this is the audience that you're fighting AEW for, in theory. Uh, AEW obviously would, probably, would dispute that. AEW would say, no, look, we want to go bigger and, and more global. We don't want to just be to the internet wrestling fan. Um, you know, it's weird. NXT is probably your, 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 the most, you know, liked to AEW at the moment. And so you could try to combat AEW with your NXT moves. But for Vince, his talent that are on Raw and SmackDown that are disgruntled, they want to go to AEW potentially. So that brings them, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's the, the dynamics here are super, um, super touchy. Uh, well, and, and speaking of AEW, I thought this last one was interesting as well. The Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic will be returning. We'll have eight teams in the tournament. The winners will face the War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team titles. I'm guessing a takeover in New York. I know it'll be New York weekend. I doubt they would do that at an access event. Uh, but the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic returning. What an odd time for Dusty to be making his uh, presence known again in the WWE Universe. Yeah, um, and you know, and you start thinking about okay, who the tag team is going to be. I wouldn't put it past that, you know, even though again, even though they were one of the ones that were being touted in a six pack of coming up, uh, and there I go coming up. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, heavy machinery. I wouldn't be surprised if teams and people that were seen on Raw or SmackDown still get thrown into it, uh, just because that kind of seemed like that might be far for the course as we're talking about here. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, because you're not, because you're still in the dark, I do have, I do know the eight teams that will be in the tournament because I think they were released in like a bracket for later episodes of NXT, so I won't, I won't spoil it here on the show. I do know what the eight teams are, but you can find them over on the website right now, uh, WrestlingInc.com, and you know, judge for yourself who you think would walk away the winners here. Um, but who wins this and face War Raiders, to me, Less important to the fact that they've brought Dusty's road, Dusty Rhodes' names back at this point in time in NXT. Just so many weird pieces in play here. Justin, just bizarre, you know? Uh, it's the times we're in. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's shift back here to Raw. Now, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about how, uh, or I talked a little bit earlier about how they must have seen the NXT debuts as a success, which is why they would be taking the title off Johnny Gargano so that maybe he'll be spending more time on Raw and SmackDown. Um, well, apparently this past week's Raw saw an increase in, increase in viewership of 12.6%. This was the most viewed episode of Raw since September 3rd, 2018. It did an average of 2.771 million viewers. It was the post-Elimination uh, Chamber episode. It was uh, arguably maybe one of the first episodes on the real road to WrestleMania. Here's the cards getting put together. And it was also President's Day. Um What's your take on this, Justin? Do you think this show did really well because of the timing, the post-chamber energy, or do you think that this was people saw this NXT talent in that first hour that did over 3 million viewers and, and decided they would give this thing a shot? 
I think the NXT talent certainly played a role. I think uh, to not give them credit would be, you know, would just would be asinine. <clears throat> I think that you know, you know, it was the talent that they chose from NXT to appear on Raw. On you know, like it wasn't like that we had like promotion for a week about this. This was all you know, right off the top from Triple H. I, I think I think they put the show together pretty well. Um, and I noted this on social media during it, like live on Twitter. You know, obviously start with Triple H. Triple H is a you know, anytime the McMahon's come out. Um, especially Vince or Triple H, you know, usually grabs attention for a moment here. Um, I thought I thought the way they put the segments together, if you watch that first hour, everything transitioned into something else. There was no, okay, the segment's over, we're going to go to break, we'll come back. Everything flowed. and you know, even, even Braun Strowman putting his hands on Paul Heyman and Heyman having to collect himself so they cut away to break. It, everything flowed, you know, so it kind of kept a, it kept a, uh, a pace to the show that was um, that, that 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 gave off energy and it gave off excitement. It gave off a little bit of an unpredictability of what's next. And then yeah, the talent they chose all performed very well, all showcased very well. Uh, it was you know new talent, so it's different. It wasn't the same old same old. Um, yeah, so I think you know that was a big play. It was a, it was a it was just a big play. It was it was a, a a better, more exciting feeling show than we've been regularly getting. Now the show started at three over th- a little over three million viewers. Uh, by the third hour, it, it was averaging two point four two seven million, twenty percent drop from hour one to hour three. Um, but they had Ronda versus Ruby in the main event again, and I don't I don't want to use this as a chance to you know poo poo Ronda in the main event here versus Ruby because it was announced way last minute. We went into all the details about how last minute that match was thrown together. But if you're doing an NXT showcase. And and you, it does seem like people are on the hook early on here, interested in this. Wouldn't it have made sense to have one of those guys like main event the show and slot Ronda, you know, maybe at the top of hour three or something like that? Yeah, no, it definitely, you know, uh, it, it is surprising. And I, and I guess we, as we talked about how um, last minute the show was, you know, when when they put when they put Monday Night Raw or Tuesday SmackDown together, the first two segments that they storyboard is the main event segment and the opening segment. Right. Those are the two, and then they fill in everything in between. Obviously, that did not happen because this whole show was being rewritten as it as it went. So that 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 right there shows that um, yeah, it was, it, that was a, a bad way to end it. Uh, yeah, I mean you know promote an NXT you know promote maybe even say look there's a, there's another NXT guy that that's a surprise that you're going to see in the main event. I don't know, do something because yeah, that was not the way to end it. And the numbers going down as time goes on, that's to be expected. Um, yeah. You know that they they were not able to keep up that pace that I just talked about. For all three hours, for all what, 15, 16 segments, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, so yeah, it, it died off as, as it went on. People get tired as it goes on. They go to bed. They say, "Oh, I'll catch, I'll catch the recaps tomorrow morning." So that's that's normal, especially again when you're not really giving them this like, "Oh my God!" reveal that they have to see. When it's just when you when you get to the final hour and you realize, okay, it's it's, it's Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot, who I just saw Ronda beat Ruby in less than five minutes the night before. Um, yeah, there's not much, not much hook there. What do you think about the choice now to be doing these NXT debuts or just talent debuts in general? I don't, I don't, I don't think everybody needs to be some kind of invasion, but we do seem to be getting trapped into a pattern now uh, of one or of no weeks to to five weeks of we're just going to give this talent a little bit of a promo, throw them out there, get them wrestling, and now they're just a part of the roster again. You know, does that resonate with you at all? What I just said there. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's dangerous. You know, they it, it's kind of like they want to just <clears throat> toss them in the deep end of the pool and just see what happens. And that's not, you know, that's not that's just not uh, oftentimes the best way to go about it. You need to give people some kind of uh, some kind of stability and format of of what they need to sink their teeth in. What 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 is it about this? 
you know, I mean, Alistair Black's a great example. I mean, and, I, and we'll be interested to see how they handle him in the next coming weeks. I mean, Alistair Black is just such a rich character. I mean, you know, from the, you know, the from the real life the inspirations that he draws from and the cult stuff and whatever and his father and that whole story. I mean, like, like the events, WWE, give me some real, real storytelling. There are so many different backstories and things that they could pull from to tell his story rather than him just coming out and being the guy with the creepy entrance and covered in tattoos who's the Dutch destroyer. You know, that we, they, it's, 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 it's commonly said whenever anything starts to get off the rails, whether it's a sports team, whether it's a show, whether it's uh, just play something in the workplace. And it's it's the statement of let's just get back to basics. And I think that there's something there for, for Vince and, and Raw and SmackDown to try to do. Yeah, show up in the front row, you know, catch somebody off guard. You know, the whole just being seen backstage, having Lacey Evans do the walk, doing some promos, getting him into. I mean, there seems to be a real routine here. And I mean, uh, the audience gets conditioned by this stuff, you know, and I, and I wonder if that's not why they weren't so flat on Monday Night Raw, because they're like, well, we've been through this already, you know. We know how this goes. Oh, it's another guy. Oh, okay, cool. All right, sweet. Uh, yeah, there's a lot on the there's a lot on the workload plate, and then when you don't, you know, from a creative standpoint, when things are changing so much and you don't know, hey, is this the guy that I need to be pushing because we have a big uh, two three months planned for them? That you know that that can make it hard. Say, oh, well, I don't want to give them too much, so let's just give them this back. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's again. I said it yesterday, and I and I this is coming from. Just conversations I've had. It's chaotic there right now. Man, EC3 syndrome, baby. They're like, yeah, we see these guys come sometimes, and then we may, sometimes we never see them again. You know, it's you, you can't overlook the fact that the audience gets conditioned by that kind of stuff, even subliminally. It does happen. Um, well, we talked a bit about how there's a bit of chaos right now. The script was rewritten very last second on Monday Night Raw. Um, we now have some more insight about why there was such a last minute. Uh, confusion and rewrites on the show. The Wrestling Observer reporting Seth Rollins was expected to get physical on Raw in some capacity this Monday. He was not cleared, and so more rewrites had to happen. He is still suffering from a back injury. It's not going to require surgery, just more rest. Uh, he's got two months here till Mania, so I'm, I'm sure he'll be cleared by then. But uh, not not heartening to hear, Justin, that they had plans for this guy that the doctors would not let them uh, carry through on. Yeah, and obviously, as you said, we're still two months away from Mania, but it's just, just, it's just, it's just that much more of an argument that, like, if there really is a debate in Vince's mind, and he could just be, he could be keeping his cards close to the chest, close to the vest, as they would say, and he might, you know, already know the women are, is going to be the final match, but he might just not make it public to his staff until you know the week of. Um, but if that's not the case, if he truly is under debate and he's going to wait and see, I mean. The, uh, no knock to Seth Rollins. I mean, it's just there's just no, I, there's no way I can see there being more momentum, more story investment overall in Brock versus Seth than there's going to be, and 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 will be presumed is going to be a triple threat for the women's uh, universal or the women's uh, championship overall. So, I mean, it, you know, again, it's one more thing. Just this is the year for the women to main event. There's just not the the same momentum that normally would be there for the guys for the for the for the world title and Raw is just not there, and part of it's just because of injury. Part of it's because the champion is not there a lot. Um, so the, the contender can't even compete right now. You know, I mean, Seth right. is out there talking, yeah. but man, you know that first week when we saw Brock lay out Seth with like six F fives, and that was the same week that Becky came back and confronted Ronda, and Ronda just clamped up uh, and didn't really make that a compelling segment, in my opinion. And I was like, man, how do you compete with Seth and Brock? We're we're a month removed 
from that night now. And I'm with you, man. The women have taken center stage here again. And Rollins and, and Brock have faded so far to the back, I forget sometimes this match is even happening at WrestleMania. And there's nothing that I can think of that is going to happen that they can do between now and Mania for Brock and Seth that, like, is going to make that fire, you know, burn brighter and, and higher than, than the women. Like, I, and there's no... <clears throat> there's nothing... You know, but but barring like Roman Reigns popping up and being a clean bill of health, which would be great, obviously news for his health. But like barring something like that, I, I don't know what they could do, what what shot they could inject in the story. Um, it's not the first time we've seen Seth and Brock in a match, so it's not like you have the first time thing there. Um, uh, it, I, I don't know. There's just nothing there that I can think that that's just gonna that that's gonna be able to infuse that kind of energy. It's gonna surpass the women. You know, when I heard this, I looked back on what Seth would or would have not done on Monday Night Raw, and um, Drew McIntyre said he wanted Rollins right in a match, and they were like, oh. You know, and then Dean Ambrose comes in and gives him that slap and the weird Bugs Bunny look as he as he leaves the camera. And then like, <laughs> I love that as hard as they're trying to put Dean in a box right now, even in like pre-tape segments, there's still little bits of insanity just leaking through all over the place. Um, but I, I would imagine that that would have, you know, Rollins would have probably had that match with the, uh, in McIntyre and probably won. I would guess was the plan. And when they couldn't do that, they were like, well... We'll bring in Dean, and you know what, Drew, you win tonight instead. You know, we'll keep we'll keep you strong because you know the plan may be to have Drew and Seth maybe next week or the week after, and you'd want Drew looking strong. And you know, I think Dean may have just been the fall guy here. That's the funny thing is that's one of like my uh, I have to admit it's one of the things I'm looking forward to most each week in Raw when I go to start it is okay, what are they going to do to Dean Ambrose this week? Because it's like you know, you know, we we all think we know what the situation is. Um, they've obviously made it clear they're not going to just send him home and keep him home for the next two months. They're going to use him, but essentially try to bring a stock down, which is just you know logical pro wrestling business. That's just what happens. Guy that's leaving does the the jobs on the way out. Um, that's like a guilty pleasure. Each week I'm going, all right, <laughs> what are they going to think up this week for Dean Ambrose? Oh, man. It's, this is going to end in a hog pin match, right? He's going to be flopping around <laughs> in mud and being chewed on by pigs by the end of this run. I'm pretty sure is where this is going. You know, a Triple H, Dean Ambrose, hog pin match at Mania? I don't hate that idea. I don't. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, Ty Dillinger, we noted yesterday, requested his release. Several WWE super, a lot of WWE superstars uh, wished him well, said nice things about him on Twitter, talked about how he's been. So supportive of them, helpful, mentored people. Dolph Ziggler even tweeted that, hey, you're always welcome to come join my comedy tour. Join me telling jokes now, buddy. Um, my only, The only reason I brought this up, it did very well on the site. All the response everything was very popular on the site. I know there's a lot of interest around Ty. But it, it was a little weird to me, the breadth of wrestlers that reached out wishing Ty the best. Did you think that that was interesting at all? I, I don't know. I, I would be a little surprised. If I was a current superstar and I was wishing somebody well on their release from the company, that seems like could maybe be a bad thing for you with management. Yeah, yeah, but 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 look at the look at the situation they're in. I, I mean, I'm talking about the, the them as 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 the talent. I mean, it seems like most of the talent probably are in that situation now where they're like, screw it, like you know, probably a majority of them probably aren't happy with their positioning or at least are concerned. Again, you know, picking up from our conversation yesterday, they're seeing the amount of. Just random, you know, uh, NXT talent you know, being used, and or do you get pushed to the back of the line and whatever? So I mean, I think I think it says I think one thing it says is the guy was just really well liked. So it's like okay, yeah. here's a guy who they all kind of feel for. They all kind of say, yeah, you know, if, if there's somebody that should have got a better, you know, 
chance it should have been him. Oof. And then I think the other part of it is, yeah, where maybe a year ago there would have been like a lot of hesitancy to ever tweet and do that and get in bad standing with the office and maybe it's going to hurt my push. I think now there's a lot more cavalier of a not. I don't want to go as far to say go ahead and fire me. I, I kind of like. I kind of like to be out of here. I don't want to go that far, or at least not for everybody. I can't speak for. But I think there's just a little bit more of a screw it. You know what? It's starting to become a little bit of a wild west right now. I'm going to speak up and and say thanks. You know, to my buddy who I'm sad to see is leaving, but happy for him, and that's what makes him happy. And you know, what's the office going to do to me right now? They're uh, give, give me less TV time. You know, I mean, I think that's just. I think it's kind of just a little bit of a kind of a little bit of a screw it mentality at the moment poison pills left and right in the wwe locker room you know and again it's like you know we can infer pretty easily here yeah this was guy was very well liked a lot of people thought he was very talented it's obvious that he was not used what they many would think to be to his potential and so he's leaving and that is a horrible shot to your morale and it is a definitely a bad signal to be sending right now as we well, are we still well in, we still don't know if he's leaving we don't know no, yet, but he wants end, to right? he he requested his release oh well, yeah well yeah yeah, no, yeah. We, we know he wants to but we don't know if like, we, we don't we don't know or at least i don't know maybe you know no. we don't know um if they've granted it or and and or when his actual contract would run out so when he'd be able just to pull an ambrose and say i'm not resigning my guess and i i don't think it, and I, I don't know anything you don't know um i guess i'm gonna guess he gets released next week a couple days uh uh, after when his 90 day compete clause would, or uh, he's going to get released when his 90 day compete clause would come up after double or nothing. Something screwy like that is going to be my guess. And it's all going to seem coincidental would be my, my other guess. Um, <clears throat> all right. We'll shift gears a little way, shift gears a little bit away from the main roster. Um, there was an announced, there was Hulk Hogan news yesterday. Now, Chris Hemsworth is now apparently set to play Hulk Hogan in an upcoming Netflix biopic. Now uh, it should be noted uh, PW Insider reported this morning, Netflix is very high on this idea, but there is not a screenplay yet. The film is very, very early in the overall process. Uh, it's going to be written by John Polano, who wrote Strong, Scott Silver, who wrote The Joker. And once the script is done the and agreed upon, then the production will begin. If no script is agreed upon, we, we could we could still never see this movie, Justin, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could be. A, yeah, I mean, this, this stuff doesn't necessarily move, move quickly. Um no. So what 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 cracks me up though is the, um, it, and I don't know if you're going to get to this. So I'll I'll segue to is is the Todd Phillips inclusion. Okay, Todd Phillips is the director. Yes. Why does that make you laugh? <laughs> well, because if anybody knows Todd Phillips' body of work, Todd Phillips, who's been very successful, is, is, has directed and produced like old school, all the Hangover movies, uh, Due Date, like a lot of like just ridiculous comedies that are just laced with like, you know, sex and drugs and, and wild nights in college or in Vegas. <laughs> so it's just funny. Like, I mean, that's, that literally is the, is, that's like the bulk of his body of work. So it's just funny when, when I read, you know, biopic about Hulk Hogan's life and notes of that, it might, you know, that it's going to also include some of the down moments, you know, in the last, you know, 10, 15 years with his, personal life no it won't uh, the movie is not the movie's only supposed to to track the rise of hulkamania in his early years i wouldn't be shocked if it ends at wrestlemania 3 really yep well even still i mean just what i just think just todd phillips like what he's directed it's like i don't because todd phillips again uh for those of you that are anybody that's ever watched the hangover or old school or um a road trip um todd phillips famously makes a cameo in a lot of his movies and he makes it in all three of the ones I just said, the first hangover, uh, old school and, and road trip. And in all three, he's like this crazy perverted guy. Um, I mean, it's like a quick cameo. It's like, you know, a knock on the door. Hey, I'm here for the gang bang 
or him doing something creepy with a girl in an elevator or sucking on Amy Smart's toes and road trip on a bus. Like, so when I just hear that Tom Phillips is doing a Hulk Hogan biopic, all I can think is, okay, where is he going to drop in with a crazy, creepy moment cameo? Um, what, 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 what is the commentary of the movie going to be about Hulk Hogan and his 80s lifestyle and personal life? I don't know. I just, that's just what cracks me up is when I read that Todd Phillips is going to be the the, quote, the, the, the aim director for this. Yeah, if it happens, yeah. I mean, and look, you know, Hulk Hogan, larger than life, cartoonish personality. Todd Phillips seems like a, a reasonable enough guy to, to take the mantle for that one. Uh, Bradley Cooper is also going to be serving as a producer on this movie. And, of course, there's the, the rumors out there that Bradley Cooper could play Vince in the, that Pandemonium movie that may or may not ever be made as well. Uh, and then Bischoff is going to be a producer on this movie. Uh, Hulk will consult and produce the film alongside Hemsworth, Phillips, and Cooper. Now, it should be noted here, look, Hogan is consulting on this. Bischoff is a producer. Now, I will say, uh, just for the sake of transparency here, I've known about this back when I did Eric's show. Uh, he did tell me about this. I haven't said anything, obviously, because it's not my place to be talking about this. But I know that this is something that they've been working on for a while now. And I think that this is something that, you know, him and Hulk are hoping to use as a piece to kind of get him back to where he was before all the Gawker stuff went down. So, you know, as much as you want to talk about the drugs and the sex and stuff, you know, you got to remember, Hulk and Eric are going to be giving the, the stamp of approval here on ultimately whatever goes through here. So we're, we're going to see this through that prism. I wouldn't be expecting, you know, some kind of the, the later years kind of I don't think we're going to get that kind of I think we're going to see a fun cartoony movie here if it gets made about the rise of Hulkamania in the 80s. You know what I mean? Well, well yeah, like you, like you said at the top of the show about your review, your review of fighting with my family, uh, based upon all the things you just said about this, if it ever gets, if it ever makes it to the screen. Right. Yeah, this, this will be a very sanitized version of the Hulk Hogan story. Well, and I guess from what I remember from what Eric said to me, and I don't think we talked about this on the show, I think it's maybe went off the air, but I think that, you know, Chris Hemsworth is the, was the driving factor here who wanted... To play Hulk Hogan, I think that he's kind of the one that was pushing the gears for this thing to happen here. He may have pulled in Todd and Brad and, you know, Eric and Hulk kind of, you know, they all found themselves in the boat together here. So we'll see. You know, we don't how have does, to... How does Bradley Cooper play into this? Is he a big fan or something? Because like, I find it interesting that he was been long rumored for the last couple of years to be the potential guy to, to, to play the Vince in that movie. Uh -huh. and, then, and then now he's a producer in this. I mean, like, what, what, what's the story there? Do you know? I don't know the story, but I would, I would maybe glean he might be using this as a, a test, a trial. You know, if he's going to be trying to do his own thing about Vince, maybe let's get through this. Let's see how it goes. Let's learn from our mistakes. And then, you know, we'll turn this around. And Chris, congrats on playing Hulk. Now it's my turn to play Vince. You know, and that's just me pulling, a, a, you know, uh, inferring the, the details I'm given here. But yeah, I think that's maybe something in line with that. And again, Bradley Cooper, you know, his work with Todd Phillips. So I, you know, I don't know. I can't just, and I'm not, I'm not crapping on it. I'm, I, I kind of hope this gets made. I'm very interested. It's just, I, I laughed immediately when I read Todd Phillips. I was like, what the hell? If, if for nothing else than to see Chris Hemsworth dressed and playing Hulk Hogan with the skullet and everything. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I agree. Um, all right, uh, two last notes here, then we're going to get to H.C. Locke. Uh, Undertaker helped rapper Bad Bunny announce his next concert in Puerto Rico with a video. He was wearing a hoodie, and of note, the thing that got everybody buzzing, he didn't call himself The Undertaker, he just called himself The Dead Man. Um, I love that Undertaker has, <laughs> I love that he's into hip-hop culture. I don't really take, I, I read this, and I'm including it because it did really well on the site and everything, but... This doesn't do anything for me. He calls himself a dead man all the time. You know, whatever. I think it was. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Do you think there was something to this? 
nothing more than just b- basic legal advice that his his lawyer would tell him, or which is just, hey, WWE owns the the intellectual property of of the Undertaker, so uh, if you're doing anything that's not profiting them, you know, probably just out of respect. Never mind legal. You know, I don't think Vince is going to go sue <laughs> Mark Calloway, but right. you know, just out of respect, just you know, let's not let's not you know, flash the Undertaker name around for anything you're profiting on that's not related to them. Man, I, I love how I love how much people just people want this. They want the Undertaker to turn on WWE. I feel like the the fans want they want this war right now and are drawing these extreme conclusions very quickly at the moment. Um to me this didn't this was just a like you said, this was just proper legal advice. Call yourself the dead man. Um, but we shall see. We'll we'll continue to follow the the trials and tribulations and successes and failures of the Undertaker over the next couple months. Uh lastly here the latest episode of The Road to Double or Nothing was released on YouTube yesterday. In it, Cody announced the return of the over-the-budget Battle Royal, which was at All In. It'll now be a part of AEW's Double or Nothing. The first combatants announced for it, Brandon Cutler, Kip Sabian, and Sonny Kiss will be a part of it. Uh, I'm most familiar with Sonny Kiss, who I think is great. Um, but, you know, a chance for them to, to work some big names in here. I was a little surprised to see Sonny in the Battle Royal since they brought him out as a single talent. We're really kind of hyping him up. I thought that he'd get uh, a showcase outside of a battle royal, but this is going to probably be the first show of many, many shows for AEW. Uh, I probably just a, a, you know, a chance for people to get familiarized with some of these talents a little bit of a way, you know, and per your prediction, it, it'll be a battle royal that uh, will not have Ty Dillinger. No, oh, man, I don't know. Maybe not. I think they're, I think they'll do it. I think they're going to wait till like the right perfect day to release Ty where it's like, oh man, look, his 90 day contract comes up 48 hours of Dublin after Dublin nothing. Weird how that worked out, you know? <laughs> Very odd. Here we are, WrestlingInc.com, down in Sarah, Pennsylvania. It is the Nikki Banker Memorial Show here this afternoon. We're here standing with H.C. Loke, not only a top wrestler for this card here tonight, but also an Elmira native at H.C. First off, just tell us what this event is all about. I'll tell you, there was a young lady um, named Nikki who, uh, who passed away she's just in her early 30s i believe not very long mm. ago had a couple mm. little kids and, and and she was a wife of one of the wrestlers here today and mm. that's the type of thing where not only the wrestling community but a community tries to come together for you know and that shows the best not only in our business but the best in people when they can come mm. together there's a packed house in there tonight and it's all for her so and then her kids so yeah. uh so i'm it's a pleasure for me to be here today yeah and uh i know uh, i literally had to park at the <laughs> at the car dealership next door that's how packed it was here today but uh we're gonna talk, dive into your career a little bit here on wrestlinginc.com sure. is first off the extreme referee ecw yeah. your years is that uh, yeah. people remember you for that and getting involved uh, just tell us about that that was a fluke really um i started in ecw and i we could i mean there's not enough bandwidth on the internet for me to tell you this whole story i'll tell you what <laughs> so the quick version is i started there after dory funk recommended me to um to tommy dreamer and at the time that uh there wasn't a full-time spot for me to wrestle so mm. we um i'd wrestle on the house shows and tommy really liked me and i uh, i was on um tommy dreamer that is mm-hmm. um and and i was doing ring crew paying your dues as we say oh, yeah. driving the ring truck all of those things and um, he wanted to reward me. So when it got to TV, there wasn't a spot for me to wrestle on mm. TV. But he, if you don't work, you don't get paid. Okay, mm. so you get paid for ring crew, but you don't get paid if you don't perform uh, that mm. second payday. He says, you want a ref? I said, sure, whatever you want yeah. me to do. Yeah. You know, so I did that. And then because I was known as a, re- as a wrestler, well, mm. known amongst the boys, mm. and, I, and I had wrestled on the house shows, it just kind of eased into that. Steve Carino was who's been a big part of my career ever mm. since my first matches in mm. Elmira, actually, wow. 24 years ago. Um, Holy cow. Wow. Um, 
ended up being a little scenario there where he was in a few with Dusty Rhodes of all people, and um, and I was the referee involved with that, and he busted me open. It was a whole big thing, and <laughs> so that kind of stuck for a long time. And in, sub in subsequent years, I've had to once in a while. So, oh man, how'd you get from being a, a ref to a wrestler? I'm like, no, I was a wrestler whose character Ran was ref was a referee, you yeah. know. So, um, but um, but it was a real pleasure, and you know, any way you can take to get on mm. that TV show and get into the business, and uh, and uh, that was a real blessing for me. Mm. Yeah, that was my first real real big break. Yeah, and yeah. ECW, obviously, uh, wrestling fans around the world, certainly here on WrestlingInc.com, know of that history of that company. And uh, what's the craziest thing you've seen ever in ECW? That's a tough question to answer. Boy, um, nothing I can tell you without, <laughs> uh, boy, I don't know. There's a, a lot of the ribs, a lot of stuff like mm -hmm. that. It was kind of the Wild West backstage, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, <laughs> but there was certainly some times where. I guess in ring, so to speak. In ring, let's talk about yeah, that. In ring. Okay. <laughs> uh, in ring, some of the craziest things I've ever seen. Oh, Mike Awesome in those days, just chucking people through those tables and, uh, Working with Spike Dudley and uh, at a pay-per-view one time, mm. and actually just I was I was just the guy ringing the bell. But as part mm. of it, I had uh, Spike came out on the pay-per-view and had me walk around and set up all these tables. Mm -hmm. And um, so we did that. And about five minutes in, he'd gone through all of them. And <laughs> Mike would just chuck him from the middle of the ring to the aisleway, and he'd go through all these things and and um, just some some pretty brutal stuff, you know. And um, uh, but everybody took care of each other as best they could. But they were very mm. willing to to go that extra mile for the fans and mm -hmm. for and for that man Paul Heyman too. It yeah. was like he was he could gear you up to think nothing can hurt you and this is the mm. most noble thing you can do and ever, and you're yeah. gonna do it and and, mm. and we did you know mm. and it, it was a real pleasure. Yeah. Excellent, H.C. Logan. I know uh, coming up on intermission time in there uh, for this big card inside, but yeah. you wanted to ask you about you know Jim Ross stated uh, you know it's the first intergender match on, on Raw between yeah. you and Luna yeah. back in 1998. Uh, just tell us about that and how that came to be. And, and obviously, uh, Goldust, uh, you know, had some words yeah. out there on, on the outside. Yeah, that was, a, well, that was a, another. The only reason why I ever got anywhere in this business is because of persistence and mm -hmm. trying to, hard, uh, persistence and hard yeah. work and, and trying to pay my dues, as they say. I certainly wasn't somebody that the WWE or ECW was going to say, well, he's the biggest guy in the world. He's got he's the best looking guy in the world. He's got the best physique in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to go chase it. So, you know, the reason why I tell that story is because Howard Finkel in those days was booking the enhancement talent for mm -hmm. um, for WWE, WWF then. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'd call him every week, every week until he just said, yeah, right. I think I can put you to work in Syracuse. And I went there by myself. I mean, there wasn't any other indie guys there that I knew or nothing. And I was the first guy that I knew that I started with that that ever got to do that so i couldn't even ask anybody what it was like you know when i went there so scared mm -hmm. walk into catering and and there happened to be a guy from the independence i knew sitting at the first table and i went and sat with him and dan severn came and sat with us and everybody yeah everybody else is all around us anyway it didn't look like i was going to work that night mm -hmm. um but they have you dress anyway so mm -hmm. there i am watching watching raw with all the wwe guys you know backstage and Tony Garia, the longtime backstage agent there and a wrestler before that, came up and he was laughing before he got to me. <laughs> I said, oh boy. And he said, you're going to work with Luna tonight. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's my pleasure. You know, I've been mm -hmm. getting beat up by women my whole career. I'll tell mm -hmm. you the Lita story someday, <laughs> let me tell you. But um, anyway, um, that's fine. I, I, I've got the height to, for that, I understand. <laughs> so um, it, was, uh, it was pretty funny. We went out there and uh, um, 
it was 20 seconds bell to bell. At the time, was the most money I ever made. Uh, Goldust beat me up beforehand, you know. <laughs> right. uh, she gave me the uh, big slap to the face, killed mm -hmm. me with it. Monkey flipped me, told me, um, they told me in the back to uh, make sure you're right in the middle. She's going to give you the big splash off the top. So I'm right in the middle. I'm a little closer than the middle, actually. So she she should get there. Off she comes, boom. Head bunts me dangerously low, Jim Ross says on his thing. It hit me <laughs> below the belt, if you will. And uh, which was actually made it better, you know, which, because, you know, a woman beating up a man. And, and um, we went to the back and, you know, thanked everybody for the match. And she grabs me and she goes, how's your pee-pee in the back? <laughs> I, Fine, ma'am. Thank you very much. It's pretty good. It was, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that was, I mean, that was cool. I mean, I never, actually, I, if I knew then what I know now, I could have made more out of that. Right. There were some old timers um, that were in my ear at the time. After that, aired called me up and said, why'd you do that? You know, why'd you let them drive you out to a girl? Get, oh, don't go back. If they call you again, don't go back for a couple of years, mm -hmm. you know, which is just stupid. You right. know, it's an opportunity. It's mm -hmm. a, you know, it's entertainment, you know. But I didn't know nothing at the time. But um, but luckily, uh, it was only not very many months after that that I got to start with ECW. So so things started snowballing from there. So it was pretty cool. I don't think that WWE, you know how WWE is. I don't think they acknowledge that as the first ever intergender match anymore. Right. But I do. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Records speak for themselves, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and, and HC, uh, what a tremendous moment in your career and uh, so many great times uh, in the course of your career. And I wanted to ask you about this. I mean, obviously Ring of Honor, you went on there, yeah. had, had a great career there. Um, what does wrestling need now as compared to maybe when we were growing up and watching the product? Well, it needs maybe more of what we had when we were growing up watching the product, I'd say. Right now, the athletes are so great, and they're so, mm -hmm. and they're so creative and innovative, and that's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. It's great. But there's so much um, where these guys today, and I sound like the classic old guy, but old guys get to be old for a reason in right. this business, <laughs> where if, um, if they put, 50 moves in this match and they could have put five mm. and honestly i don't i don't care what anybody says you as fans me as a fan mm. you wouldn't know the difference if i went out there and i said and we and i had this great match where there's this move this move this move oh one two three and it's not there mm. you don't you feel like oh my gosh i got my money's worth that's great right but when i do that and i put 50 of those in there mm. okay for one thing, that means that now, next time we come back to the town, next time we're on that television show, next time we ask you to buy our pay-per-view, whatever it is, that means that none of those 50 moves can be the end of the match now, right? Mm -hmm. And it means now I have to do 51 moves. Mm -hmm. And where do you go from there? When do you do it? You know, if uh, if guys, um, and I don't know if this is a little bit too much inside baseball, but I'm sure that you, you know, oh, yeah. talk to smart Sports, fans here. everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, if in our world of entertainment, you know, if... Uh, if you're um, if you're in a in a movie, take it somewhere else, okay? And the and the hero uh, shoots the villain in the head, okay? Mm -hmm. That's terrible to say, but if that's that's and you think that's the end of the movie, mm -hmm. right? But he gets up. What are you gonna do next? What are you gonna do for part two of that right. movie? You know what I mean? You can't. Uh, it, it's just it gets to the point where what it does is it shortens people's careers. Mm -hmm certainly it makes it that much harder for you to actually be creative and put something together um so that to me it needs to take just a little step back you can still be and that doesn't mean be lazy out there it means be just as creative mm -hmm. take all those things mm -hmm. take those 50 moves that you think are great all right and then but get 20 matches out of them mm -hmm. don't get them all in one match you know and uh and then you know gosh 
the fans will love and and in the long run they'll like it more because they can absorb a wall then. Mm-hmm. If if you and me are fighting right now and it's a match mm-hmm. and you give me a pile driver and you pick me up and you give me a power bomb yeah. and you pick me up and you give me a suplex. You take care of business you against know, me. You know, you know well, well whatever, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um then it, it leaves us no place else to go, is what I'm is what I'm trying to say. Right. You know, so I think that um as opposed to, you know, this match, you gave me a pile driver, you know, man. And then next match, you gave me a pile driver. Maybe that wasn't enough, so now you give me the power bomb too. Just as examples, you know what I mean? And then we can build on those, and we can get months and months of stories out of it out instead of all trying to, you know, I don't know if I can curse on this or not. But <laughs> you can say whatever you want. It, what, what my father would say, instead of trying to shove five, 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's the problem with wrestling today, in my opinion. I'm also very, very old, so most of you people will probably disagree <laughs> with me. But we get to be old for a reason. Right on. Yeah, right. You know, the longevity so. of the career at, at, yeah. at H.C. Loke right here in Sierra, Pennsylvania, NTW Wrestling and for WrestlingInc.com. And any final messages out there? Obviously, you've had a storied career, uh, yeah. Ring of Honor, ECW, WWE. Um, any final messages out there? Um, just as far as my career is, is that I feel... I feel reborn in my career. I really do. It's, this is I just clocked in 24 years in the industry, and um, I had to take little breaks because at some point it becomes more important to raise your kids. It just does, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, now, you know, uh, I've got them raised, and I feel like I did a pretty good job. And all old guys say this, but in all true reality, I'm in the best shape of my life, certainly the best shape of my career. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I still got some gas in the tank, and maybe I have something to offer. So. I'm not saying that you're going to see me on WrestleMania next month, but you know maybe there's some, maybe you'll interview me again in a year or two, and there's some other more cool stories. I, that, that's what I'm hoping. And if not, then I've got enough. I, a, I've got enough memories to last me forever, mm-hmm. and I've got enough. I hope knowledge where I can help the next guy get there. Right so, so. That's where I'm at, buddy. HC <laughs> Loke, thank you so much for thank taking you, the time man. for Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in today. Uh, thank you to H.C. Locke. Thank you to Andy Malnowski for going out and getting that interview and bringing it back here for the Winkley. Again, go back earlier this week. We had interviews with Brian Pillman Jr., Josh Barnett. It's been a great, uh, great series of interviews we've had here on the Winkley as of late. And I'm telling you guys, Monday or on Tuesday when we come back with the Winkley, I got a big interview to start the week off next week that you guys are going to love. I predict probably the most listened episode of the Winkley we will have done will be Tuesday's episode. So if you aren't subscribed, subscribe now. Tell a friend. Tuesday will be a very big episode. Um, and that that's it. That's all the teases I've got. There's no pay-per-view this weekend. It's just going to be a fun weekend. Relax. Take care of yourself. Justin, uh, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show? Again, just want to remind people, as I did yesterday, uh, they can, uh, I'm doing a big tailgate, partner up with one of the biggest tailgates in MetLife, um, Tailgate Joe. And we're going to do it WrestleMania Sunday. Tailgate, 55 bucks, get you in. All you can eat, all you can drink. Uh, it's great. The menu's on tailgatejoe.com. And if you want to go a little bit bigger, if you have a larger group where you can have some people all chip in on the help, uh, you can pay $455. Uh, that's a high number. But again, if you can all chip in, get you a private tent, uh, your private keg of beer, beer pong tables. So and plus you get all the food. So it's like, you know, if you got if you have enough people, it kind of makes sense. But it's going to be WrestleMania Sunday. If you've ever been to MetLife, you know, there's not a lot of things around it. It's a nightmare to get in and out of. So this will encourage you to get in three hours early. 
hang out with me and just take a few steps over to uh, the gates of MetLife for the epic long WrestleMania fun. All right, and that is it, guys. I am at Wink Rebel at, at W-I-N-C, Wink Rebel. Thank you very much for another wonderful week here of the Winkly. Check out WrestlingInc.com. Look at it every day. We got all your info leading into Fastlane, leading into WrestleMania, leading into Double or Nothing. Enjoy your weekend, and remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.